Hey, Moonshot listeners, before we start the episode, I want to remind you all about our brand new Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com slash moonshot. We spend about 40 hours on every episode of this show. We do a lot of research, we organize interviews, there's production, scripting and fact-checking, editing and mixing. There's a lot that goes into making every episode of Moonshot. So by supporting us on Patreon, you'll enable us to increase the audio quality and frequency of the production, providing more depth to our storytelling and allowing us to provide jobs to more journalists. All patrons will gain access to an ad-free feed of the podcast. Plus, we'll be bringing you special bonus content. We've got pricing tiers starting from just $3 per month. Plus, we have merch to give out. You can get stickers and t-shirts for supporting us on Patreon. I'm really excited about the future of the podcast, and I do hope you consider supporting us. That link was patreon.com slash moonshot. You'll find a link to it in the show notes of this episode. Now, on with the show. I know what's going on here. Grace, you're in a safe space and we love you. But your drinking has affected me in the following ways. This isn't about my drinking. So let's get you a drink. I got it. Well, if it's not her drinking, I can't imagine what it could be about. There's this scene in the final episode of season four of the Netflix series Grace and Frankie, where Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin's characters Grace and Frankie are confronted by their kids, who are somewhat concerned that things aren't really going as they should be. And it might be time to make a few changes. We did a little research last night. We found this checklist online. What is the chase and how do I cut to it? It's just a bunch of things to look out for as your parents get older. Give me that stupid thing. Six scars, your parrots may be deadly for asserted leaving. Signs your parents may be ready for assisted living. Oh, God, that's even worse. We are not going to assisted living. Are you insane? Everyone has been touched by the reality of growing old. You've seen a family member or friends age and become challenged by day-to-day activities. Their daily routine becomes more difficult, their behaviours change, and they gradually start losing their independence. And sooner or later, a decision needs to be made of whether you send them to a home. Have you noticed changes in your parents' coordination? Have there been unexplained bruises? I can explain all my bruises. Tybo, fight with a hammock, slept on an Oreo. I don't need to sit here and take this. Seems like you do. Does your loved one have trouble getting up from a seated position? Does your loved one have trouble getting her middle finger up? Nope, or it's just fine. Nobody wants to go to an aged care facility. In fact, many aged care homes get a pretty bad rap. And the truth is that at a certain point in life, things can really go downhill. And sometimes you just need that support. But in this episode of Moonshot, we're exploring some of the technology that will allow you to live independently for longer. And when you do eventually go to a home, what's some of the technology that is improving the experience the elderly have in these facilities? We have uh, three um, three aims for, for, for this nursing home. It should be inclusive, that the, the resident feels included in, in the nursing home itself, but in the, the local community as well. Maybe in the global community, um, it should be... Um, 
motivating to move around by yourself in, in this nursing home because we have different themed rooms in, in this nursing home. So if you want to read the newspaper, you go to the library. If you want to to do something with flowers and plants, you go to the, the winter garden. Uh, and, and if you want to hear music or play music, go to the music room and, and so forth. Uh, and the third thing is that we would like to stimulate the elderly senses you know, uh, elderly are, are often losing some of their senses when when going into a, uh, a a nursing home, and and we hope that the building could could support uh, the the continuous uh, stimulation of the senses f- uh, f- for the elderly. This is Lars Nur. He's been working in the welfare sector for 40 years and is a senior consultant for the city of Aalborg, Denmark and is a project leader for the nursing home of the future. We were inspired by, by uh, new technologies that we saw coming up in, in Denmark and uh, outside Denmark as well. And um, uh, our politicians decided to to, to give it a go on, on building a new uh, model for a nursing home, including technologies, but including something else as well. Um, not not about technologies alone, but but uh, how we how we manage a um, nursing a modern nursing home for modern people. The 75-room facility is located on the banks of the waterway running through Alberg. And it isn't like your typical nursing home. Its use of technology and design of spaces is a way of compensating for a lack of workers entering the aged care sector. And it's also given residents an opportunity to live a far more independent life. We saw a need of uh, compensating for the lack of, uh, of, um, of people within the sector uh, and, and try to find technologies that would um, make um, make it possible for um, the elderly living in a nursing home to have an, an in, in 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 yeah in, in some degree anyhow uh, an independent life. And right after this break, we'll explore how the nursing home of the future is making life easier for its residents. The nursing home of the future features a range of services for residents, including a medical and dental clinic, a fitness centre, a cyber room where residents can use iPads and computers, a library, smaller living and themed rooms, kitchens and a public restaurant. A resident can almost go about their daily life just as they would have before going into care. But in addition to all of this, Technology has been integrated throughout the home to take some of the monitoring of residents away from humans, allowing people to move around with some degree of independence. The smart floor detect movement, uh, and that means that uh, people working on a night shift could see if uh, if a resident would be up from her, her or his bed and, and maybe going to the, the bathroom, and, and then they could uh, go and help the the resident. Um, 
Um, the floor uh, will also turn on the light in the bathroom uh, automatically when you put your feet down on the floor. And um, uh, if you fall, it would give an alarm to the staff members that now a person has fallen, now we, 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 we're going to, to help this uh, resident. Some of the staff members really call it their their colleague because but because it 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 take, takes care it, it makes uh, the elderly feel safe and comfortable in in their own apartment. One of the other technologies integrated into the home is a smart toilet or bidet. While this technology has been around for a while, the idea is that residents can use the facilities and clean themselves without needing staff to give them help. So they can they can help themselves. Uh, for a longer time, without assistance from the from the staff members or a minimum of assistance from the staff members, um, we know that, that the elderly in in this particular uh, nursing home are, are very fond of it because it it, it makes them independent and and uh, you know it's it's a private situation. But despite this focus on new technology, Lars says implementing all of these ideas has been time-consuming. And once implemented, they can require an education process to show residents the benefit of even using these new products. What we really did was to, to uh, before we built it, before we decided about this, these technologies, we made some small pilots on, in, in other nursing homes just to see if if uh, it gives uh, any value to the residents and to the staff members and to to the organization as well. Um, so most of the technologies uh, um, were tested before we we said yes we will we'll buy this and we we'll put it into this nursing home um, and and continuously it, it's uh, you know when when a new resident is moving in. They have to be introduced to to the floor and 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 what the, the floor could do for you. Um, the toilet, of course, you have to test it. You have to maybe put it in place for 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 the individual uh, person. So <clears throat> this uh, implementation of technologies really is is ongoing all the time because it 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 must be. Um, and we're also using the nursing home of the future to to um, to test uh, other technologies, and and it seems that the the residents, particularly in in this nursing home, are motivated to not only use technologies but also uh, to to be drawn into to testing and and. Um, um, co-developing new technologies. The nursing home of the future also has its own living lab. This living lab is an opportunity for universities and private companies to talk about collaboration and co-developing of welfare tech. And it's all in the hope of improving outcomes for residents and workflows within the facilities. I'll tell you about uh, some of the current projects is how we how we we uh, could rehabilitate people in 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 home care uh, by by using a iPad or another tablet, so not the, so the, that the, the physiotherapist don't need to come every day or 
several times a week. Now the the normal staff member could could rehabilitate the home care user. The team is also looking at ways to revamp the medicine delivery system and are also experimenting with video communication tools. And technology is becoming a much bigger component of the aged care sector. At conferences I've been to, a lot of robotic companies are showing off their robots designed to help the elderly by providing directions or monitoring their locations. And there are many homes already providing virtual reality experiences to residents. And this is a way to improve the health and well-being of patients who might suffer from dementia or Alzheimer's. But the other issue that we need to consider when adopting technology in aged care is whether the residents themselves really want to lose that personal human touch. What we see in Denmark now, after we have been working with the welfare technologies for maybe 10 years, uh, we see now uh, elderly people, uh, some of them, uh, and a higher number today, are are not afraid of the technologies and are really uh, choosing technologies uh, instead of of, uh, a a human being coming in and and helping them. So so what I see for the future will be that that some elderly people whose minds are set for new technologies uh, would prefer and choose technologies uh, before, uh, before home care, uh, uh, in, in a tr- in a traditional way. So uh, this is not this is not a development that that would would necessarily go uh, be be done in a year. It will take years to to reach that. But 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 now we see elderly people preferring technology instead of human beings. Lars says the reason for such a heavy investment in technology is that it provides a much better experience for residents, whilst also providing a good financial return over time at the facility. So the benefits of using technology in a home are pretty clear. However, not everyone wants to end up in a facility, no matter how nice you try to make it. And as populations get older, we'll need to figure out ways to keep people in their own homes for longer. So right after this break, we'll take a look at how technology is being used to provide more independence and allow you to keep that freedom that you so crave. Welcome back to Moonshot, I'm Christopher Lawson. And as our societies get older, thanks to the benefits of modern healthcare, technology is helping elderly people overcome the challenges faced as we age, allowing you to stay independent for longer. But all of this challenges our view of ageing as this painful, debilitating and 
often humiliating period of our lives and may require a fundamental shift in how society, at least in the West, thinks about the elderly and their role in society. There's, a, there's quite a lot of ageism in aged care, so there's assumptions about people and then things done because of their assumptions. It's not particularly liked by older people, it's not particularly viable for, for providers and governments. There are a lot of incentives to innovate in it. Um, it doesn't embrace new products and services. It tends to lock out families and communities. It, it, it's complex to find your way around, and, and that's not good if you're already in a complex life stage. This is Dr Mike Rungi, lead for Longevity 4.0 and a founding director of the Global Centre for Modern Ageing. There's a problem with aged care itself, right? And, and I think we need to start there. Then if we have a look at what are the current technologies that are actually being embraced, they tend to be back-of-house products, uh, things that support organisation and building management. There's an increasing amount of stuff about surveillance and quite a lot of stuff about access, although... Uh, it, it's still, it's not particularly making things less complex, right? So they tend to be where the technologies are currently sitting. If you're not hearing what Mike is saying, let me just spell it out for you. The elderly in our communities are sometimes neglected, and that's the same when it comes to technology development. A lot of the development in the past has been around the business of aged care, as opposed to improving the care itself. And traditional nursing home operators are really to blame. Apart from the nursing home of the future in Denmark, which was created from scratch, there's not a lot of providers who are really focused on implementing new technologies. They like doing things the old way. But there are a lot of startups paying attention to this space right now and developing technology that will allow you to stay in your own home rather than end up in a facility. If you're looking startup space, it's really quite exciting, right? And I'm going to rattle through these, but these are the products categories that we found in the startups uh, just in the last year or so. They work in the areas of networks, learning, transitioning, independence, control, choice, um, uh, concierge, transport, mobility, well-being, purpose, roles, activity, health, fitness, um, different forms of, of supporting people with dementia care, um, and particularly connecting up the formal and the informal, housing, risks, finances, food, right? You're into a really an exciting lot of spaces, right? The problem is most of those products and services are not actually used by aged care. And in fact, the startups will tell you that it's actually very hard to make a connection with aged care. And, and in summary, what's going on here, aged care providers working in the old narrative, Startups working in the new narrative, they turn up with a new narrative product and the aged care providers don't want it because it's not in the narrative that they're currently working in. Mike says that both existing aged care providers and the broader society really need to embrace more of these startup ideas. And if they did, the results could mean that less people need to be in aged care homes and retirement communities and more people could live independently on their own. So I was just looking recently at a product that that is a it's a belt you put around your waist with an airbag in it so and it will go off before you hit the ground if you fall over 
so that people um, are buying these and clipping them on before they take their dog for a walk in the park, which they had given up because they were worried about falling over and hurting themselves. Right? I think the biggest contribution to technology would be make it much easier for people to live good lives independently and therefore not have to move into either of those current forms of, of um housing we've just talked about but even when people do move in then the question is about what could you do to make them much much more acceptable than they currently are right so if you take retirement villages um, I think uh, they'll increase they'll start offering technology is in all 15 of those categories I described to you all 15 of them and people will choose which one they want because none of this stuff will be hardwired uh, so if, if you want to set up a network, if you if you particularly want a different form of transport that's on demand that you can get when you like, um, if you particularly want to take your dog for a walk uh, or whatever it is, if you particularly want to use some monitoring, which means you don't have, you can have a lot less visits into your house, then you can pick all those kind of things off, right? And the same thing will happen in residential care. Now, as soon as you do that in residential care, you no longer need to put people into communal facilities where you've got them all bundled up next to one another. You can allow them to be more independent and therefore more able to attach. The, the, the issue with moving into residential care is you give up 20 things when you move in, uh, all of which are really important to you, right? So. What we want to do is see if we can redesign residential care so you don't give up. So you either stay out of it or if you move in, you don't give up any of those 20 things. And that looks to me more like what a retirement village of the future might look like. And just to detail a few more of the ideas in the aged tech sector, there are companies like Five Good Friends which are empowering individuals to make decisions over their own care. There are companies working on robotic assistants, which could be used to take some of the strain off day-to-day tasks, or companion robots, which can keep you company and therefore in better spirits. Exoskeletons could also be used to help you recover from injury, or even prevent you from falling over in the first place. And there is also research being done into how 3D printing could be used to make food served in aged care facilities more appetising. All of this technology is great in theory, but when it comes to age tech, or any tech for that matter, you need to make sure that people will actually use it and get benefit from it. And that's why it's vital for startups in the age tech sector to talk to or observe their customers to make sure they're filling a real void and that people can actually use it as they get older. I'm just going to give you an entirely different example of a a product that saw a couple of years ago that was designed by um, a company uh, that was designing a, um, a diaper for people in uh, incontinent people in nursing homes that had electronics in it that could let the staff know on their mobile phones uh, when the diaper needed to be attended to, right? So A, they got it at the right time, not too late, and B, they weren't worrying people checking stuff in advance, right? Now, um, but the user, so that they did a, a fabulous co-design process in which the design team actually lived in and out of an aged care facility for about three months while they designed it. So they actually were part of the testing, watched people using it, um, uh, used them themselves, all kinds of things. So most of this consumer group couldn't talk to them. They were people who had dementia, but they were able to observe them a lot of the time and work out which stuff worked and which didn't. And and uh, with how to get the staff to make sure they were using the technology properly. 
But you can see in that example, the end user had no interaction with the technology at all. Nobody loves the idea of getting old. However, it's inevitable. So anything we can do to make that period of life easier will eventually find traction. But Mike says one of the other periods of life that we should really be paying attention to is that period of time between when you retire and when you're old enough and frail enough that you need to consider finding care. For example, there's a a particular uh, dating website in America that, that called Stitch that became uh, has become very popular with older people who are using it uh, not to find another lover but to, to build networks of people who've got similar interests to theirs, right? And so they haven't gone into a, an aged care, you know, a special product for older people. They've gone out and found a product that already exists um, and, and are using it for a, a somewhat different purpose. Um, I think the, the, this group are starting to want to use technologies to suit their lifestyle and their increasing uh, limit physical limitations, right? So if you think about it, if you're a 75-year-old, right, you're certainly not frail, you're out there doing a whole lot of stuff, right, but you've, you've, you've got a lot of physical limitation. Technology is just perfect for you, right, because you can get on with a whole lot of stuff without necessarily having to run around as much as a, as a younger person might. So we're starting to see people using technology quite cleverly to support their lifestyles, to support their increasing independence and to support their businesses and purposes and enterprises and things like that and their learning and things. And so uh, my sense is that we'll see an absolute boom in that area, um, possibly much bigger than the aged care technology boom. And that stuff will then really set part of the stage and carry across into the way technology is used in aged care. This episode of Moonshot was hosted and edited by me, Christopher Lawson, with research by our intern, Joanne Manise. Our music in this episode is from Breakmaster Cylinder, and our artwork is by Andrew Millist. If you love what we're doing here with Moonshot and think the content that we produce is valuable, I encourage you to head across to patreon.com moonshot. You can support the show from just $3 per month and you'll get your hands on some great Moonshot merch and an ad-free feed of this podcast. That's patreon.com slash moonshot. And make sure you stay tuned because in our next episode, we're going to NASA. See you soon. <laughs>